You are listening to Preaching and Teaching on the Man of God Network of Podcasts. This resource combines expositional sermons and lectures from the classroom of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary to help equip listeners for the work of the ministry. which is impressed upon the heart of man. We call that natural law. The substance of moral and natural are the same. But then tied to particular covenants, God gives His positive laws. Right? Positive laws like don't eat from the tree. Positive laws like sacrifice something on the Day of Atonement. Right? Positive laws like Lord's Supper, baptism, things like that. This same law, right, the substance of the moral law was written on the heart of man. It continued to be the perfect rule of righteousness after the fall. It was, we'll see, all ten commandments were expected, and the violation of them was judged prior to the giving of the Ten Commandments, right? God's moral law was in effect. So God says, for example, for the first commandment, have no other gods before me. I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, says to Abraham. I am the Lord Almighty. Walk blameless before me. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am to be your God. To be anachronistic, obey the first commandment towards me. Similarly, the worship of God was to be true and not false. There were not supposed to be idols, no graven images. Put away the foreign gods that are among you is a strange thing to say if foreign idols were not yet banned at that point. Right? Who are you to tell me what I can worship? Leviticus talks about, you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire of Molech, for all these abominations of the men of the land they had done, those that were before you. Right? So before the giving of the law at Sinai, there were abominations done in the land. How is that true if the moral law had not yet been in, been in effect? Say the same thing looking at Job. Job was talking about what they what scholars believe to be part of an idol worship. Right, and Job was one of the earlier Old Testament books to be written. There's an expectation of what is true and false worship even before the giving of the law at Sinai. Similarly, don't take the Lord's name in vain, right? The third commandment. No blasphemous worship. Again, talking about the people that were in the land prior to the Israelites coming. 
It says, None of you shall profane the name of your God, for all these abominations the men of the land had done who were here before you. And they defiled the land by it. All right. It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, Job says. So cursing God in your heart is defined as sin by one of the earliest Old Testament books before Sinai. Remember the Sabbath, the fourth commandment. <clears throat> All right. We start with Genesis 2. When God ceased what He had been doing, He Shabbated, He stopped, He rested. And we'll talk more about this later, but it's significant that God... Let's say it this way. It didn't take God seven days. God took seven days. Right? He could have made everything in a microsecond, but He chose to take six days, and then to take one to do something else. Why would He do that if it not were for an example for His children made in His image? Before Exodus 20 at Sinai, we see in Exodus 16, Moses telling the people, Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. And so the people rested on the Sabbath day. You didn't have any hint of somebody saying, "What? What's a Sabbath? What? No, it's assumed knowledge prior to Sinai that they are to rest on the Sabbath. Right? This is a holy Sabbath. He didn't have to say, so that means you need to do this and this and this and not do these things. Right? He's saying that's a holy day. You know what to do. Do what God did. Looking backwards. Genesis 2. Significantly, and we'll talk about this later too, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for the Jews. The Sabbath was made for the Hebrews, right? Exodus 20. No, the Sabbath was made for man. There's even an article there. We could say the Sabbath was made for the man. If you wanted to, press it and say it was Adam. Sabbath is grounded in creation, and thus the pattern remains and ought to have been observed, even if we don't have explicit reference of the patriarchs prior to Sinai obeying. Fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Luke records Adam and his genealogy all the way back, Jesus' genealogy, back to Adam, who was called the Son of God. should have honored his father. But because he heeded the voice of his wife and ate from the tree that he shouldn't have, he was judged, he was condemned, he was cursed. Ham, son of Noah, dishonored the, his father by looking upon his nakedness in the tent. Noah made a fool of himself, 
Shem and Japheth went out of the way to walk backwards and then put the cloak on their father, put the blanket, whatever it was, cover him up. They sought to honor their father, and they were they should be praised at least for that much. But Ham did not, and he was judged. The fifth commandment didn't start at Sinai. It started at the garden. Sixth commandment. Shall not murder, right? Well, you don't have to go very far in Genesis to find murder. And it was judged quickly. Cain rose up against Abel. God says, the blood of your brother cries out from the ground. It doesn't say, well, that's, that's an indifferent act that there's no moral standard against right now. But if you did this after Exodus 20, you'd be in trouble. No, there's an objective moral standard that is fixed. Jesus even calls the devil the father of lies and the murderer from the beginning. That's significant. He was not merely a murderer since Exodus 20. No adultery, seventh commandment. The people of Sodom were judged in part for their wicked sexuality. Sodomites. Potiphar's wife and her action, her desire, her command even to Joseph saying, lie with me. Joseph calls great wickedness and a sin against God. Right? The creation ordinance of marriage is built upon God's standard of what marriage ought to be, what holiness looks like within the context of marriage. Leviticus, again, condemning the people in the land. Right? You shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself for her for all these abominations the men of the land have done the men who are here before you side note the people that get upset about the purging of Canaan they need to read some of this stuff they were abomin abominable right? they were abominating God they were worthy of judgment because God's law condemns every single one of us outside of Christ. And therefore, we're worthy to be killed. We have earned death. Job says, why would I even look upon a young woman? Right? Job is pictured for us in that book as being an example of what we ought to do. And Job was before Sinai. Eighth commandment, right? Don't steal. Don't take what's yours. Adam and Eve, of course, the prime example of that. See others' examples there from Genesis. Job even mentions thievery. 
it's understood that theft is wrong. The ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness. Again, we have the devil from the beginning. He's the father of lies. He's the slanderer. He's the accuser. He's the hasatan, the diabolos, the serpent. You, you'll surely not die. The greatest lie ever. Cain said, I don't know where my brother is. Am I my brother's keeper? Sin leads to more sin. And as you see, you break one, you break more. And when you see a broken Ten Commandment, you break God's moral law, you begin to see shockwaves of more broken commandments. You can't just break one and keep it in isolation. I'm going to have my pet sin over here, and it's isolated from all the rest. You break one, you remain unrepentant. It breaks shockwaves, which should terrify us in, in a very good sense, right? That should sober us. The slander, bearing false witness... Several references to that in Job. Tenth commandment, coveting, right? That was Eve saw that the fruit was desirous, which doesn't mean she looked at it and objectively affirmed the beauty of the fruit on the tree. Right? No, she craved it. She coveted that. She longed for it. We'll talk more about desire in a little bit. But that was broken. That was the tenth commandment broken. Right? Like we read earlier, Genesis 6, every intent of the thoughts of mankind in his heart was only ever evil continually. The over-the-top repetitiveness of the biblical Hebrew there is just rubbing your nose in the fact that Depravity is on display there. And it's not merely every action that they ever did was sinful, right? Every intention of the thoughts of his heart. That's, that's prime. That's, that's, that's proximal. That's before it ever gets out of our mouth, before it even gets to our fingertips. It's at the level of heart. Because the law is spiritual, as we will see shortly. So all of that was just to briefly survey that the moral law existed and was in effect, and in fact was judging and condemning all of mankind before Exodus 20 and the giving of the law. Again, affirming the abiding, unchanging standard of morality, God's moral law. We're going to keep going, press on into what is called Lecture 4 in the notes. We're going to get to Sinai, the giving of the law, the Mosaic law. Basil Manley Jr., one of the founding faculty members of Southern Seminary, whose father was 
a pastor at the First Baptist, the historic First Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, and later a president of this small little school in Tuscaloosa that is now called the University of Alabama. Basil Manley says, There is such simplicity, such grandeur, such regal breadth of control, such divine adaptation to the human heart in the Decalogue and its subsequent precepts based upon it as to cast utterly into shade all the injunctions and advices that have come from heathen sources and to make them seem entirely puerile and empty. Such a great statement, right? It's the law and the precepts built upon it is so glorious, so all-encompassing, that it everything else that pagans could come up with doesn't even come close, right? The Hammurabi Code, right? The U.S. Constitution, the U.S. Civil System, whatever. You pick whatever legal system that pagans could come up with, and it never... It's going to be as incisive and all-encompassing as the Decalogue could ever be. God's law is perfect. You can't improve upon it. In fact, when you improve upon it, you screw it up. So, the Mosaic law as a structure. If you'd like, you can turn to Exodus 20 and generally follow along. I'm not going to be exegetically rigorous here. I am by no means a Hebrew scholar. But it's significant to know that God's moral law is revealed and comprehended into a larger covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the covenant made with Israel through Moses. The moral law of God is the heart of the Mosaic Covenant. We see that Exodus 19 to 24 is even called the Book of the Covenant. We have the giving of the law and the Ten Commandments, laws added upon that. And then the Book of the Covenant is covenant is ratified. You can read more about that there. Actually, Gentry and Wellam's Kingdom Through Covenant is really good on that part, on the, the structure of the Mosaic Covenant. I'll make a note in passing. There are differences in the numbering of the Ten Commandments. So if you take you know, one and two and combine those, but then break apart the bottom one, um, I'm going to assume the standard... Protestant and Reformed numbering. I have assumed that already, and I will continue to do so. If you want to read more on it, you, I've got some footnotes there. Um, sometimes Roman Catholics will follow a different number. Um, I'm just letting you know there is a difference out there. I don't think that it makes that big a deal in the content. Like the law, the same words are used, it's just how you divide it up. So... Um, the Mosaic Law. Our confession, chapter 19, paragraphs 3 through 5, explain for us what has come to be known as the trifold division 
or the threefold division, or even the tripartite division of the Old Covenant law. This is a category that we understand in light of later revelation, right? God doesn't say to Moses right after the Ten Commandments, Now Moses, that was the end of the moral category of the law. You will now transition to the judicial or the ceremonial. Right? No, it's a, these are categories. We're doing systematic theology, right? We're taking the whole of scripture and we're looking and trying to see what the individual says in light of the whole, the particular says in light of all of scripture. And in light of Christ's coming and language of fulfillment and things in Paul and in Hebrews and other places, we have these three helpful categories. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Preaching and Teaching, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. To learn more, visit cbtseminary.org.